Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome, as always, to the show. Dan here with Michael and Rob for the weekly update that's brought to you in association with Levi Solicitors, who will offer you a range of legal services with a 10% discount if you go through us. Michael, such as? Lasting powers of attorney. Give me another one. Wills? Mm-hmm. Don't do it. I want you to vary your act up. <laughs> oh. Probate and? Commercial dispute resolution. Commercial dispute resolution. Took the words right out of my mouth. Must have been while you were kissing me, um, as Meatloaf sang. <laughs> Anyway, you can get 10% discount at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. There's an image to conjure with. Yeah. Um, they do do employment law as well, don't they? Uh, yes, they do. So if you do start harassing me with tongues, then I'll, <laughs> I'll refer you to Levi Solicitors. Fine. Good. On with the show. And uh, we are back for the international break. And it's the last one, actually, until March. Are you glad to see the back of it? Well, I mean, it's obviously very exciting to watch England. How much of it did you watch? <laughs> About half an hour. <laughs> I watched enough, would be what I'd say. It, I felt like I saw enough. Put it on. I saw the penalty get given, and then I think I lost interest after that because I was like, this is just stupid. Who is this against? Sorry. Because I've not seen any of it. North Macedonia. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah Jan- Jani Alioski and Calvin Jani Phillips. The nice little reunion, didn't they? It was uh, one of those that goes to VAR and you think, they're not going to give this, are they? Oh, they are. It, okay. was, it was a ludicrous decision, maybe that, wasn't it? Maybe that's a penalty now. I, I don't really know. It, it wasn't a penalty, was it? <laughs> I, I must admit, I couldn't see how it was, but yeah. they they had a good look. It touched a man's face. It was Rico. Was it Rico Lewis mm. who touched a man's face when jumping completely naturally? But I just thought, oh, whatever. I, I thought at least they'll be it'll inject something into the game. It didn't know, did it? Not really. <laughs> no, no, no. It's funny though. Like I think it was leaving the office on Friday, and you were like, "Oh, you're watching England tonight." And we're both, oh, they're, they're playing. Right, okay. Uh, who are they playing? <laughs> Didn't really know. And then, yeah, I think it was Friday night. I checked my phone. And BBC Sport was just like, this is really boring. So I thought, okay, I'm not really going to bother then. But I don't know, I've quite liked this break. Just, I think, knowing that the next one isn't until March mm. and we're about to like enter the deepest, darkest depths of the championship season. Absolutely, like, yeah, absolutely that, yeah. I'll just have a nice rest. It's fine. It's been useful timing because we've sold loads of merch. So yeah. that's been good. So thank, yeah, thank you if you've bought. I've had more time to spend packing up calendars and Lowfield shirts. So yeah. still, still available on the website. Still available. Me- new, new batch of calendars coming in tomorrow or Monday. Soon anyway. Yeah. Buy one. I'll send it when they're here. <laughs> it'll be it'll be here for in time for you know for next year. For, 20- next, for 2020. Are we running it January to December? Yes. The traditional calendar. Yeah, the format. traditional calendar year. Yeah. Yep. What good. about the Farker mugs? Because you love packing them, don't you? <laughs> 
Uh, we've nearly out of those, actually. So Another reorder, we've sold loads of them. I don't believe you. You're just deliberately trying <laughs> to get people not to buy them. But the last batch arrived, and I thought, I'm not even going to tweet about this, because I'm, I'm sick of sending the bloody things. <laughs> Oh, got, thanks for putting a roof I've over got, I've not got enough, I've not got time to send all these mugs but yeah they're, they're in as well um, but yeah it's, it has been nice actually just in terms of having a break just to go away and reset for a little bit because I think it's one thing I didn't appreciate enough last year with all the stresses of getting relegated that like I was kind of getting to the international breaks and going thank god for that I don't have to re- think about Leeds for a bit and then I'd start stressing about Leeds again coming back mm. and actually now I'm thinking I'm enjoying this so I'm going to give I'm going to recharge my batteries settle in for the long winter and come back absolutely ready to um, to watch us destroy Rotherham on Friday but it's it's yeah I've appreciated the breaks I think more this season than I did last season which just felt like one long drawn out stressful experience actually just talking about the the perception I suppose of the international break Alex is over on our members show this week speaking to Flora where we're getting to know our TSB plus members five questions at a time and this uh, didn't actually make it into the into the edit but it's a point that Alex brought up and I thought was interesting I've never had much interest in international football World Cups and Euros, but it's like a London thing, and it's sport in England, really. London thing? Um, I never thought of it as that. By angry Millwall fans, generally in the terrace, is that is that the vibe? Maybe. England, supporting England does feel like a distant thing to me. Maybe that's because of the location of Wembley. I don't know. And it was you mm. know, when they toured the grounds, to, when they were building Wembley, that, I think, felt a little bit more friendly to the north. But yeah, it does feel like a, something that, that exists at arm's length to me. Even in the last couple of years when they've played like pre-tournament games at Ellen Road or did they go to the Stadium of Light, that does make it feel a little bit more, oh yeah, this is like for us as well. But I mean, I only really watch England in a major tournament. I sort of think like if if you're looking for a, a release in the international break by watching England expecting like an exciting game, I just think, well, what are you doing? I will say, it, <laughs> it, never, it never worked. In mitigation um, for England, the, the group was pretty much done and dusted, so I don't think they were really asked, were they? But um, you should really be you should be winning these games, making it a bit more entertaining. The main thing I think from the flags you see at England games, there's often quite random little towns on there. It'll be an England fan with like workshop written on it or something. And you think, oh, okay. Non-Eaton. Yeah, exactly one of those. So I suppose I do think of, if I think of an England fan, do I think of a Cockney? I probably do. Yeah. Probably think of like a... I think there's a lot of crossover between like West Ham and Spurs. I was going to say, like, yeah. I think of a, of, a, of a West Ham stroke Millwall fan. Yeah. Which I know will upset both groups of fans there they hate each other but you know you're one and the same no you're not you're both great people obviously that, that was the thing I went to the Euros in 2016 in France and that just seems to be mainly like lads from Essex on coke and I was like it's not really my vibe this lads to be honest just the Essex bit yeah right, mainly so, yeah, fair enough <laughs> as for other international action Willie got another two goals for the Italy under 21s um, against Ireland so apologies to our Irish viewers listeners that. Do you think he might get into the main squad? I kind of hope he does because it means that he will I feel like I, I don't want more upset and more churn and unhappiness within our squad so I think it's for the best if we get promoted and he gets in the Italy squad and then we can all just get back to it and uh, mm. and not stress too much about what's going to happen in the next transfer window. Everybody just needs to be happy. It's weird isn't it because if we hadn't have like accidentally bought him last season He'd kind of be out where, like, he'd be doing really well right now, where you go, oh, yeah, he's uh, playing for Italy under-21s. He's had a mm. bit of experience in the Premier League. He's playing in the Championship. He's, you know, he's kind of learnt his trade in Switzerland a bit. And you sort of think, that's like a good career path for a 20-year-old or whatever he is. I, I did ask that question, actually, on the show we did with Phil, I think. Um, was it just prior to the break? I can't quite remember, but 
has his journey into the Italy full squad maybe distorted his own perception of himself and where too he big is. for his boots and where he needs to be I don't know but yeah but once you've been put into the senior squad and you're, you're 18, 19 years old you think well this is it the sky's the limit he's only had an upward trajectory in his career hasn't he then he like has a bit of a setback mm-hmm. with Leeds goes down and thinks oh well I don't need to be part of this I'm, an, I'm a full Italian international and then he starts to blame Leeds for losing his place in the senior squad and I don't know you know I mean you start to construct these mm. these scenarios but he's an exceptional boy anyway we know that <laughs> that, is, that is true that is, do, you mean, do you think Everton will be back in for him? Mm. Think they're going to dare to spend splash the cash mm. we're going to have to ward off those bids aren't we mm. yeah interesting isn't it um, did you see Serginio Dest by the way getting sent off for the States oh no uh, he got two yellow cards in a matter of a minute just completely lost his head with the ref <laughs> like sarcastic applause and stuff like that at the ref teammates having to restrain him getting annoyed with him yeah oh, good the full, the full gradle yeah, yeah. full gradle it, 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 yeah he went beyond Max Gradle to be honest I think as for, have the playoff Not, draws been done by the way I was just going to ask for the about the um, apparently so Wales have just been drawn against Finland I've just seen on Twitter so that means it's Ethan Ampadu versus Glenn Kamara in oh, midfield they'll kick each other to death or something <laughs> be out for the season Ruto has come back from the, the France 21s like we recorded with Phil prior to the press conference and then he went up to Thorpe Arch after we finished recording with him yesterday and we said obviously we don't know at that stage if there are any is there any fresh injury hell and the fresh injury hell we're being greeted with is, is um, Jorginho Ruto he's got a, a poorly tummy as it was in the daily email Rob he has yeah not for the first time this season he hurt his core in the Hearts pre-season friendly so I don't really know what he's doing or how he's playing mm. football but because um, he barely played for France under 21s I think he played like 20 minutes as a sub in their first game and then was unused in the second one. They lost both their games. But yeah, not ideal, given he's sort of our best player, maybe. Mm. Yeah. He, he's got very long arms. I wonder if that's putting a strain on his core. Do you think it's like gravity's kind of... Yeah, yeah out of his arm. He needs his arms shortened. I suspect it's possibly just that's just his gait. His arms are probably in proportion. Yeah, but, maybe so, yeah. yeah but that, he's very, swing, he's very it, swingy, though, isn't he? Yeah, his, his, arms. his arms are very mobile. Is this your yeah. doctor's prognosis? Yeah. You're yeah, just yeah. concerned that his arms are just putting a bit too much strain on his body, aren't you? Yeah, thing? if they were closer. If they if had Jordan Pickford arms, yeah. no issue. Right. No issue at all there. So I'm, it's something to look at. Um, but we do know that from the uh, the presser that Joffy's back, Shaxx is back, Jed Spence back in training, which is good news. Sam Byram and the big sexy plasterer slash pirate have recovered quicker than expected and have rejoined training this week. So we're not in too bad a position, I don't think, going into the Rotherham game. For a lead squad, this feels like very few injuries um, but that was kind of the whole thing of Farker's presser was him being asked well who are you going to pick and he was a bit like don't know because nobody's been here over the international break like they're only just and they all got back on Wednesday or the last of them got back on Wednesday so they can't even train Thursday before playing Friday so he was a bit like there's going to be a lot of late decisions mm-hmm. Pat obviously tired from his podcasting schedule as well yep it's hard work Joe Wilkinson isn't he so. yeah laughing about being relegated um, just months <laughs> after it happened I mean we're allowed to do that was, <laughs> yeah, the clip I saw uh, was him talking about Sam Allardyce telling, yeah. telling me it was shit. And then I missed this penalty and it was hilarious. <laughs> and we all had a good laugh about it. Uh, you mentioned Everton there in passing, that 10-point deduction. We did touch on this with Phil on uh, on Thursday. Uh, wholly disproportionate and unjust was the language that came out of Everton. Uh, what do you reckon to it? It's probably fair enough, isn't it? What about you, Rob? Because we, we've spoke about it. They're going to get away with it as well because mm. it's such a shit season. If you're going to have 10 points deducted, they weren't going to get into Europe this year where their aim was survival and they're going to survive. So They've shown, they've, shown they've got enough about them 
to survive based on the season so far. Yeah, so I mean, you expect the, them to then claw the, claw the way out of it again. Well, they don't even need to claw anything. They're a point off against three absolutely shit teams down there. They'll be fine. They'll just be, they'll be fine. They've, they've essentially, they're going to get away with this because they're getting the points in a season where like 20 points is going to be enough to keep you up <laughs> by the looks of it. So it's, it's a piece of piss. In other years, a 10-point deduction would be a bit of a death sentence. But in this one, you kind of go, oh, well, it's fine. Yeah, and I think now, like looking from the outside as well, it's just kind of funny to watch the Premier League eat itself, basically. And I think that's exactly what we said. Yeah. And, and I just, just bring think, it all, bring it all down. Yeah, and it's also hilarious that Everton have kind of spe- spunked all this money, and they're just absolutely terrible stuff. <laughs> and then, like from the argument of, well, should Leeds be there? Like, have, have we been cheated out of it? I, I just, I think, well, no, we were absolutely rubbish. No, mm, completely deserved yeah. it. We were saying we feel like we might get a couple of million for different placed finishes in the league prize money basically is like two million quid per spot isn't it so we shall see we'll see if we get anything out of it I mean, I mean I'm, I'm, not really, I'm not really interested if we do or don't I just I'm I'm glad that there's been some sort of punishment for it whether it has any genuine effect on them I don't know but they're, they're not happy so I do think Everton fans would have a, a a fair point to say why has this happened to us when yeah there's been general governance issues going on for decades oh, 100%, that absolutely yeah. nothing has been done about. It's exactly how we felt when we got hammered for the minus 15 and then another yeah, 10. Yeah, because you kind of go, well, all right, but you've allowed the Saudis to buy new, the Saudi state to buy Newcastle, which shouldn't really have happened. You've allowed Man City and Chelsea to spend ridiculously for X number of years and put in, you know, all these um, invoices, we'll just call them, for, for uh, sales deals and things and sponsorship deals. And they've not, actually had any punishment as yet have they oh yeah I was going to say because so, Everton have kind of fessed up to it and gone alright yeah this this sort of stuff has happened and this is in the books and you can look at this it feels like they've been punished for it which I, I guess isn't particularly fair I think for the general football fan and I don't, I don't know if I'm only speaking for myself here but this you feel like you want this to be I don't know the starter and the main course is to follow almost if this is the the way into actually mm-hmm. dealing with it and actually showing some teeth properly with all the, the shenanigans that have been going on because there have been talk of like 30-point deductions for like Man City and Chelsea and all sorts of stuff. Mm. I mean, a 30-point deduction now for Man City would put them on minus two and bottom of the league. still easily stay up. Well, probably, yeah. But, but then it's again... Probably you, still get Europa Conference mm. League. The irony is then is that if that was to happen, what would that then do to Everton season, funnily enough? Because it might mm. then put them in a load of shit. Because that's what one thing that this has done is that you're saying they'll easily stay up. But they are now eight points adrift of the next clutch of clubs. So Fulham from 15th upwards are in that group of teams that Everton were in before. Mm. It's like 12 points, 13, 15, 15, 16. They were kind of in the in that mix, weren't they? And now they're in that clutch of clubs that's got four, four, five and six at the bottom. So it does give them a long way to uh, to go to get out of that group of five at the bottom. Bournemouth, Luton, Sheffield United, them and Burnley. Mm. But, you know, suck it up. You weren't going to sell <laughs> Tosun for 50 million to so stop. Don't put that in your books. Is what I would say. And they've done there were several you when we talked about it with Phil, didn't we? But you say now they've allocated certain interest payments of stadium and all this. They've done several slightly dodgy things and you can't really complain. I mean the way the way you can complain is to say, well, it's not like they're spending money they've not had. It's just that they've racked up too much of a debt. But that's only a rule because years back the established clubs wanted this putting in as a rule to stop other clubs doing well. And because Everton haven't done well, it feels particularly unfair yeah. <laughs> to punish them for it, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, Man, City were, Man City were unrestrained for, and this is why they're sitting where they are, they were unrestrained for years, weren't they? And they just did whatever the hell they wanted. Mm-hmm. And then they made the FIFA, uh, the UEFA thing go away, sorry, with, uh, with t- by timing it out, didn't they? So, you know, what can you do when you're, you're up against kind of the whole system? And I understand why they feel put out by it, but equally, they have 
gone well outside the rules. Mm. And they say, oh, it's only, it's, it's a technical breach. It's 19 or 20 million. Still like a high proportion of what the, mm. the, the allowed lim- uh, losses are, like 105, is it? I believe. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good proportion over it. It's a good 20% over it. I have enjoyed as well how they had to like run signings by the Premier League. The Premier League, like, well, we're not going to stop you signing them, but are you sure you can afford this? Like, only do it if you can find them. Oh, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry. We'll just give like Theo Walcott a load of money or whatever. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When it comes to signings, anyway, let's talk about transfers because we've had a little bit of update. Um, on the staffing front, Nick Hammond is staying on until the end of next summer, so it'll be the, the summer next summer transfer window on it. So see us through January, see us through next summer, and then they'll sit down and look at it. Presumably, all seems very sensible given where we are and, and what we've done. Doesn't write any so far. Yeah. I was going to say what I really like about Nick Hammond is that I still don't really know anything about him. He's mm. just sort of stayed in the background and done a decent job in quite difficult circumstances as well, given the summer. And it's the same same with um, is it Greta Steinson, the mm-hmm. technical director. Not really heard a peep from any of them, have we? Mm. Apparently, a very very serious man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's quite intimidating, isn't he? But um, yeah, it's just like just cracking on and seems to be doing a good job and have things under control. That yeah. was that was very much in my mind when the arsenal Sevilla game was on and you had Victor Orta doing interviews pitch side. And I thought, I'm glad we've moved on from that. You know, regardless of what your opinion of Orta's successes and failures are, I don't necessarily want the people who are doing the recruitment and stuff pitch side doing interviews. I'm glad they're just kind of away mm-hmm. in offices, not quite sure what they do, but they're doing it. But well, the recruitment should speak for itself, shouldn't it? And so you don't need the person there going, actually, I'm doing a fucking good job. Mm-hmm. So why don't you all piss off? And yeah, being defensive about the job that they're doing, if you don't say anything, then you're, you're less open to criticism, I suppose, aren't mm. you? In a way, if you don't put yourself there in the in the firing line, if you don't stick your head above the parapet. Yeah, but I think we just seem to have gone down a much more sensible route with transfers, don't we? With the players we've signed this year, it's just get people in who are of a, a decent level of age and experience that can do a job for us immediately rather than taking a punt on someone who either was good four years ago or might be good in four years, which seems to be Victor Orta's speciality. 
And we now have Robbie Evans, who's joined from 49ers as the Chief Strategy Officer, as we mentioned on the show with Phil. If you want to hear the full description, I mean, I actually had to rejoin LinkedIn in order to view his profile so I could read what he described his job as. Um, you can get a, a bit more Jake Humphrey on there as well now. Yeah, well, I've, I've immediately I've turned off all notifications. <laughs> but, uh, but um, Not very high performance of you, is it? No, I really don't want You're to. You're going to miss out on some big opportunities, though. Do you know, I'd like to be mediocre performance, and I feel... Like, I feel perfectly, com- aspire to. Yeah, perf- perfectly comfortable. <laughs> perfectly comfortable doing that, Michael. Um, but yeah, Robbie Evans is. It's all. It's all basically big data they're going to use. Um, but it was. I, I Everyone's it, using big data, though. Aren't I they? know, but the fact that they're addressing it, I'm not saying it's like it's revolutionary and new. I'm saying it's good that we're doing it. and It's new for us. Mm. Whereas, again, going back to Victor Otto, you've got the whims of one man controlling our entire transfer policy, basically. One man who can't use Excel. <laughs> I enjoyed. Um... Formulas are all fucked, and we end up signing Junior Furpo. Brilliant. <laughs> Have you seen the Liam Cooper interview with Sky Sports? So mm-hmm. I'm talking about his highs and lows at, at Leeds over the last decade. I really enjoyed his take on Spygate, where he's saying, I like all the players were just laughing at Frank Lampard, basically. But then when Bielsa did the press conference, where he just basically showed up Lampard completely and just revealed everything he knew about him, like the, the colour of his kids' eyes and stuff. But it was like the, the Leeds players were watching that because Bielsa never actually spoke to them about it. But the Leeds players watched that and were just like, you know, like this is the amount of detail he's going into, and we only see like a fraction of that. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, "This guy knows what he's doing. Like, this is great." That's amazing, isn't it? That, that actually, and, and just looking back on that press conference, how terrified we all were that he was going to walk mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. what happened. And actually, he reinforced his position, cemented his position both in our minds and it, as it turns out in the minds of the players. Mm-hmm. Speaking of world class coaches, seeing Chris Armas is back in work mm. before Jesse. Before Jesse. Well, Jesse's waiting for... I mean, he's, he's gone to Colorado Rapids, hasn't he, Chris Armas? Jesse's probably looking at a, a big job, Premier League job. Barcelona, like something like that. Yeah, maybe so, yeah. Probably, yeah, I can no doubt speak about eight words of Spanish. He thinks he's fluent. I suppose he's, he'll be having a nice time. I think he's touring Europe or something at the minute, isn't he? Maybe looking for potential new job opportunities, who knows? Is he still living in England? Marsh, because he was knocking around Harrogate, wasn't he, not long ago? Yeah, presumably he's still on the payroll. That's what I've always assumed, because to pay him off in one fell swoop if it's X number of million pounds you then have to book all that for financial fair play profit and sustainability mm. whereas if you keep him on the books you're just paying it month by month aren't you then if we haven't bumped up no <laughs> <laughs> you've said it on the recording now uh, Mark Rocker actually just in terms of outgoings has been saying in another interview I don't know if this is just the, the old interview where he said this being recycled but yeah he's, he's saying that Betis are in uh, talks of signing permanently from Leeds so could be uh, on the way out I mean, you do wonder whether there's an incentive for Leeds to do that, even if it's taking it a very slight loss if it gives them a bit of cash going into into January, I don't know. I feel like we've been hearing about Betis signing Mark Rocker since like March, and he even plays mm. for him now, and it's still every week. It's like, oh, they're going to sign him. Like, oh, got him, it's fine. But yeah, part of that, some of the reporting around that has been that Betis kind of don't actually have much money, so whether they could afford to buy him in the summer is kind of unclear, but they also seem to think that if Leeds don't go up, they could just get him on loan again which mm. is kind of that uh, elephant in the room, which we're not quite sure about, which could be a bit awkward if we don't get promoted. Well, that's supposed to be not a problem. I'm, from what Phil was reporting and what Phil knows, he was saying that like it looks like Jack Harrison could go out again on loan. But as for the rest of them, I think. So, no, we, so no. we get them back, which is good. Yeah, it, it's a problem either way, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it feels like we're just going to be like lumbered with a few of them. Cause it, cause we're we, going to have to take a loss eventually. I was going to say, if we go up, then I mean, great, We, we can have the option to loan them out, can't we? Yeah, presumably. if we go up, and they all come back. It's like we're stuck with a load of effectively what you're going to class as deadwood, I suppose. Mm. Um, which also would in the case of Brendan Aronson. 
Yeah, which does lead to the question of which ones would you want to retain or would you try and retain because, like Aronson, you're talking about a substantial loss, aren't you? It doesn't matter as much if you go up because you've got a bit more leeway in the Premier League, although Everton don't seem to have that much leeway, do they? Are you changing your opinion on Aronson at all? Because I know when he left, you were like, oh, I think he's going to come back. I still think he might. I genuinely do. I think of all the ones that went out, because he's he's young enough and, yeah, cost enough, that I suspect they'll try and make it work somehow. I do understand the, the idea that like, yeah, I know you've advocated for it and Phil said it as well like it feels like it's over for all of them mm. yeah I think the uh, the timeline's interesting with Aronson in that it was we got relegated yeah we know that Liam Cooper told them all in the dressing room if you don't want to be here then fuck off and it was the very next he, he day he addressed that didn't he in the, in the interview yes. actually and it was the very next day 24 hours later that there was a story in The Athletic which seemed to be pushed by Brendan Aronson's agent of like look this guy's got a release clause and then and then it's like oh now Union Berlin are about to get relegated or whatever he's like oh no maybe I won't mind going back to Leeds whereas I think what I did on my football manager save was Leeds, with Leeds was to just flog them out to Saudi Arabia so right. I, think, I think that's what we should do yeah yeah. I mean, we have discussed the idea of Brendan in Saudi Arabia haven't we and might be a struggle I feel yeah I don't think Milana would enjoy it as much mm, no. I, don't, I don't think she's going to have her little whimsical trips around the shops and taking pictures of pottery and stuff in the no. same way she she tends to do now. But uh, it is, it's an interesting question, isn't it? And we will see, I guess, how uh, how it all unfolds. Um, what else do we have then? So uh, Ellen Road being used for the for the rugby. We'll come to you on this one, Rob. I don't know anything about rugby league. I don't think you do, Michael. Do you? I know you're an expert in many fields. <laughs> well, I know a bit. Do you reckon you could turn your hand? Because obviously you're a, a seasoned football coach. I mean, you. I know you kind of you you reject the badges like. You don't want to fall in line with all the squares, do you, with all their badges? No. Definitely um, you not. just it's all it's instinct. I'm a patriot yeah. and I don't think you need those things. So do, of, do I'm, reckon, a freeman, I'm a freeman of the land when it comes to football coaching. Do you think you could turn your hand in a very literal sense to coaching rugby? I don't see it doesn't look complicated, does it? Running around throwing pass, the ball. Pass, run around. You've driven down the M sixty two, haven't you? So yeah. You know rugby league, it's fine. Yeah, get some just get yourself bigger. Bigger still, bigger still. <laughs> <laughs> Faster. Big and fast. Yeah. That's you. Cracked it, yeah. There you go. But uh, yeah, I, I get the impression from what I saw on Twitter, rugby league fans are generally not thrilled with Ellen Road. Yeah. Which, so the Magic Weekend is going to be held at Ellen Road on August, August 17th and 18th, which is a weekend where every team in the league plays each other across two days. So Leeds are playing Warrington on the Saturday. Um, and it's been held in Newcastle for most of the last five years, I think. Um, and the idea of it was to kind of take it around to different parts of the country where I guess rugby league isn't necessarily as popular. So it's been at the Millennium Stadium in, in Cardiff. It's been up in Edinburgh at Murrayfield. It's been at Anfield. And next year it's going to be at Ellen Road, which, yeah, lots of rugby league fans are unhappy a with. crumbling stadium just off the M62. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the argument is kind of, oh, it's Leeds. Don't want to go there. Mm. But um, uh, Is Leeds not the home of rugby league, though? It's where the... Where's it Huddersfield technically is it whatever yeah. Yeah, but the but HQ there, the HQ's just up on the ring road yeah. isn't it although, yeah. although they have built a new roundabout there which is, so I don't know if, if that's interfered with the, the land of the, the rugby league people <laughs> is it called Red, the Red House roundabout or something that one I have no idea I'm, it get, is I'm getting into rugby league I said, house, yeah. I said I didn't know anything about rugby league you know about like roundabouts turns out I know the whole folklore <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I guess like a crumbling stadium in Beeston isn't great but at the same time they'll take it to Newcastle and if there's like 30,000 people there in one day, it just looks half empty. Whereas mm. if you get 30,000 people in Ellen Road, it looks, at least looks full and will probably, probably be a fun atmosphere. It'll be accessible for all the fans, won't it? That's, exactly, that's yeah. Thing, yeah. But then all the fans are saying, well, we're not going to go then. And it's sort of like, well, that's why they're bringing it to a smaller ground. Mm. <laughs> but also as well, I think it's probably going to be the last one. Kind of this like new governing body 
wants to get rid of the Magic Weekend as a concept. So it feels like they're bringing it to Ellen Road to die. I was going <laughs> to say, if there's, if there's a football, if there's a ground, sorry, or a club that can host something that kills the Magic, <laughs> it's get United. it to beast then. It's Leeds United. God bless them. God bless them. The Women's County Cup match has been cancelled. We're in that time of the year now where because of the level that they're playing at and the, the state of the pitches, there's going to be a lot of cancellation. So we could get to spring and they're playing that two or three times a week at this rate. Yeah, it's going to happen quite often. I mean, at least Leeds are no longer playing at Tadcaster, which is basically below sea level. At it's this it's, point it's, in time it's year, essentially it? a floodplain, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So hopefully that will improve things. Um, so it was Ripon City they were due to play that we spoke at length about Ripon. And it's... Um, yeah, great, of course. Cathedral, good chat. Some good cathedral chat there. And Minster as well. We learned mm. about Minsters, didn't we? The Bannister Prentice Stadium, yeah, unplayable pitch, unfortunately. What else do we have then to um, to round this up? We've got um, Little Somerville winning a pointless award, as um, I know they call him Jesse then. It's because Jesse's name's on the sheet in front of me. <laughs> Daniel Farker said, because he's not into individual awards. It's about the collective, isn't it? It's about the team. But yeah, he's won the uh, PFA Championship Fans Player of the Month. Was that a public vote by any chance? I would imagine it was, yes. <laughs> Beat Dan James to it as well. So I'm guessing James finished second if it was a public vote. Yeah, probably by a distance. <laughs> um, Jesse has been talking, hasn't he? Which is why I mentioned him, because his name's on the sheet here. And what's this from? Is it an interview that he's done? Or was it a... He was on a BBC radio show, I believe. Right. Uh, China, look, I've not listened to the whole thing. I just took the quotes out about Leeds and thought, let's slag him off a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to strip yeah. these of all context. Yes. And go no, he was that. kind of waffling on about replacing Bielsa and how much he respected him and how he... It was kind of overblown when he said they were being overtrained or whatever. And then, yeah, he um, says he was doing a great job, basically, and he thought it was a foolish decision to sack him, which is not how I necessarily think about things looking back. But, um, you know... Views may differ. Yeah, which is which is fine, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's of no consequence, but I will say that the football was absolutely dog dirt to watch. A number of foolish things happened around that time. I don't think sacking Jesse Marsh was one of them. No. I think I, maybe not sacking him a year ago when it was a year ago, wasn't it? The World Cup were, yeah. break was going on, wasn't it? I think that would have been the time. But you know. and, and Angus Kinnear did agree in retrospect, didn't he? When he came in and spoke to us, so I mean, this is the thing. Like he he was talking a lot about how things were developing, and sacking him was a foolish decision because it just halted that whole progress. And what is it here? It's not just turnkey. You need to, you need time. You have to develop everything from tactics to mentality to understanding to bravery. But the thing is, like, we watched it for a year and nothing developed. No, it's still, it still exactly the same. Nothing seemed to change from that, from that Villa home game right at the very start no. to when he went. I, I, I didn't see any progress or any development. So it's like, how long was that going to take? And would we have just ended up in the championship anyway? And, and people close to it have like, said that he just he refuses to bend from the, the Red Bull manual to the extent where he's not even working for Red Bull anymore. Mm-hmm. And they've let him go out of the, out of the stable. Mm-hmm. Is he too wedded to, to these ideas? He's a Ron Burgundy of football. Managers. Yeah. It's just what's in, what's in front of him in his handbook. So just keep doing that again. Yeah, Read what is in front of you. Anyway, we'll see where he turns up next. Yeah, it will be interesting to see where he does turn up next. Um, you know, has he, do you, you wonder if he's turned down jobs for ego purposes? He thinks they're a little bit too low status for him? Or He did, in that interview, he touched upon um, nearly getting the Leicester and Southampton jobs and saying how, like, oh yeah, I went in there and the project just wasn't right for me. So I was thinking, yeah, I think maybe they thought the same as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they ended up with Dean Smith and Southampton, I can't remember that the name of the guy. in the roll neck, wasn't it? Yeah, the guy in the roll neck who was already there. <laughs> is who they ended up with, yeah. so fucking hell. 
a bloke in their own like what the milk train man <laughs> what's his name I can't remember <laughs> and then we just got annoyed at him you can't set up as your first manager managerial job in a role Mac no, it, look, it looks too like cerebral doesn't it you can't you've got to have a, at least like a do the tracksuit years a, at least a Europa League campaign <laughs> under your belt before you can start wearing a role Mac yeah and a smoking habit I think that's a bit old school now isn't is it, it? yeah should we bring it back? I have a... Written, <laughs> Puffing away on the touchline. Yeah. I've written a blog about Bielsa's Espanol playing Juventus in a friendly and Marcello Lippi spends mm. the whole game just smoking a cigar on the touchline. Fair play. Yeah. Um, Pipes. Yes. What are you going for? Yeah, bring a pipe. That is very thoughtful, isn't it? And finally, Weston McKenney has admitted that he wasn't great at Leeds, um, which follow, follows on from him. He said this before, actually. He admitted he wasn't in the best shape, which we could probably vouch for based on the eye test. Mm. Do you not have to be polite in these situations? No, you look fine. You look fine. <laughs> go, go up an octave. <laughs> this just—it doesn't look. It don't really. I don't look good in this, do I? Oh, it looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. It looks well. uh, I didn't have the best performances. I felt I let certain people down. Which people did you let down, Weston? That's what I want to know. Does he mean the fans? Does he mean coaches? Who does he mean? Because he came in and then Jesse went straight away, didn't he? His mates on Twitter, maybe, I don't know. But it, the, the whole, like, I wasn't in shape thing was weird because his argument was I needed to play games to get in shape. And it's like, well, you were playing games. Mm. You were still just shit. Yeah. But his whole thing here as well is that, you know, I'm back at Venice and it was such a valuable experience at Leeds and I feel like I've learned loads and I'm all the better for it. And it's kind of what we've heard from a lot of the players that have since left after getting us relegated. And it's like, yeah, that's great that you're, like, personally developing. But while that has happened... We've been relegated, and now you've all just buggered off, and then people wonder why we're like pissed off at these yeah. players. I, I, I think, think that's, that's I, one they don't understand any the personal responsibility aspect. I think that's just player spin, right? It's the same way as like when bad things happen to people, and they go, "Well, everything happens for a reason." You think, "Hmm, <laughs> be better if we didn't, though, wouldn't it?" <laughs> you don't need you don't need to find the positive in this. Just say it was a bad thing and move on from it. Well, there you go. That does wrap up the uh, the weekly roundup. The jury, the heroes and villains will return next week when we've got some more uh, match action to talk about and some player performances. Looking forward to Rotherham then. Yeah. I really am. It's nice to come back and go, I'm just in contrast to last year and think, I like all these players. I like the way that we're playing. I like the manager and I like playing Rotherham on a Friday night in the championship. What about you? I mean, probably rather not be playing playing Rotherham at all, truth be told, but you know, if we win, I'd rather beat Rotherham than like lose to Spurs. Put it that way. Should we do that? Let's. Let's do that. Well, we'll review the action on the match ball on Friday night. Um, live stream for TSB Plus members. Usual stuff out over the weekend. And we'll return with a weekly show next week. So it happens once a week. Mm, propaganda back too. We'll see you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.